Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, everyone has a name, and every name has a meaning. My name is Glenn. It means from the valley. It was also the name of my great-grandfather. You have a name. It was likely chosen by your parents or your adoptive parents for a very specific purpose or reason. And if you don't know why, maybe, you know, today's a good time to ask them why. It may be because they liked the way it sounded. It may have been because it had a special, significant meaning to them. You may be named after someone who played an important role in their life, maybe a family member, maybe a friend. Your name might come from the Bible. Your name might come from another book. Maybe your name was completely made up and was never in existence until you came along. Being that it's Father's Day, maybe you're named after your father. Every name has a story. Even if it's a very short story, like, well, we had to name him something. In today's gospel reading, Jesus runs into a demon-possessed man. He asked that man what his name was, and his response was, Legion, which means many, for many demons had entered him. Now, just how many demons? Well, we're not sure, but for comparison's sake, we know that at this time, a Roman legion was around 4,000 to 6,000 soldiers. Is it possible that this man was possessed by thousands of demons? I'd say it's certainly a possibility. We don't really hear, though, what leads a person to being possessed by demons in the Bible. We just hear that people had demons, what life was like for them while they had demons, and then we often hear about demons being cast out of them. For this man who is possessed by a legion of demons, we hear that he had gone for a long time without wearing any clothes, and that he lived among the tombs. We also hear that this man was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but that he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. We do often see that there's a little bit of superhuman strength when someone is possessed by a demon, as often when they're, when they're chained, they break free of those chains. Now, some of the descriptions of demon possession that we read in the Bible are what we see portrayed in movies or books. I don't think there are many people out there who can debate the reality of demon possession, but actually experience it, experiencing it in real life is another story. 
And since I don't have any personal stories of demon possession to tell you of, at least not that I know of, we'll stick with God's word and see what his word has to say to us today. So Jesus meets this demon-possessed man. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. Now this question is interesting because it could be coming from two different places. It could be the man speaking to Jesus, wondering what Jesus could possibly do for him or to him, And obviously, maybe there's some fear there that he'll be tormented as just like the demons had been doing. The other option is that this is the demons speaking here. Because they recognize who Jesus is. They know that Jesus is God. Hence, they call him that. Because otherwise, how would this random man know who Jesus was unless the demons had told them? And because... They didn't know what Jesus would do to them because, well, he could do anything he wanted to with the powers of God. Maybe that's why they asked him not to be tormented. Demons know who God is. Being fallen angels, they used to be in the presence of God before the creation of the world. And since Jesus is God, Demons recognize who Jesus is on this created earth. And they know the power that he possesses as God. And what's the request of the demons? They don't want to be cast into the abyss. Hell. They don't want to be thrown back to hell where they belong. Their final resting place, if you will. They want free reign that they feel they have over this earth. After all, Satan is called the ruler, the prince of this world. And he has been since the time of Adam and Eve. Except his supposed rule can only last so long. He does not have ultimate power, and he does not have ultimate reign. The demons understand that. Which is why they asked Jesus not to send them into the abyss, rather into the herd of pigs that are on the hillside. Those pigs are then run off into the lake and drowned. When the people of this Gentile land, and we know it's Gentile land because, well, there wouldn't be any Jewish pig farmers since pigs were unclean animals. Those Gentiles come to check things out, and they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Jesus makes all the difference in the world. He casts the demons out of the man, and the man is then found clothed, being in his right mind, after not being clothed, being naked all the time, and he's sitting at Jesus' feet. The man whose name we don't actually know is no longer legion because the demons have left him. But his name doesn't matter. What matters is the name of the one 
who saves him. After all, Jesus has a name too. His name means the Lord saves, or God is salvation, because he will save his people from their sins. And it's the name that the man, whether by his own accord or by the help of demons, calls Jesus. And he adds, Son of the Most High God. What is also important with that first interaction is the question that is asked of Jesus. What have you to do with me? In the story, Jesus wanted to deliver the man from his demon possession. And he did. Today, we can ask ourselves the same question. Jesus, what have you to do with me? The answer is everything. Jesus wants everything to do with you. That's because he has come to save you. Now, you may not be possessed by a legion of demons, but you can take a look at your life and see the problems in your life. Your problems are legion. Your problems are many. And they keep adding up. That's because we live in a world that is tainted by sin. And people are sinners. And so bad things happen in this world because of sin. Bad things happen to people because of sin. And you can also take a look at your personal life. All of the choices that you make in this life. And you can compare those choices to the commands, the rules, the laws of God that he has given to us. And we're going to see that we don't follow his rules, his commands, his laws very well. And so our sins, our sins are legion. Our sins are many. Too many to count. And what does our sin do? Well, it does exactly what the demons did to the man in the story. In a way, it leaves us naked. I mean, that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve, except they were already naked in the garden. They just realized, after sinning, that they were naked. They felt shame from their sin. All of our flaws, all of our imperfections, are shown in our nakedness. And we feel shame. When you peel all of the layers away that we use to try and hide and, and cover up ourselves and cover up our sin, we will ultimately see ourselves as sinners. Sinners in need of being saved, whether we know it or not. Sin also binds us. It ties us down. It keeps us like prisoners in chains. Or as Jesus said, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And in our sin as prisoners, as slaves, we want nothing to do with Jesus because we want to stay in our sin. 
And so when Jesus comes along, our response is, what have you to do with us? In our sin, we want Jesus to say, I don't want anything to do with you, and move along. I mean, maybe we, we try to scare him with our legion of sins, make it seem like we are not worth saving or not able to be saved because our sins are too many. On top of that, being in our sin, we like it. In our shameful nakedness, we are at home. That's because we have this sinful nature, and it is natural for us to sin and stay in our sin. Except you remember where the man often lived, right? Among the tombs. Because in our sin, the only thing that's left for us is death. And so among the tombs is right where we belong. In the middle of death, it's where we find our home. Yes, physical death. Because of our sins, that is what we deserve. The promise that was given to Adam and Eve after they sinned. And we also deserve eternal death. We deserve to be sent into the abyss of hell, to be forsaken by God for all eternity. And while there may be many people out there that have no fear of hell, because they believe in God or because they don't believe in God, one thing we do know is that even the demons believe in God and tremble and shudder. But they cannot be saved. Even demons believe in hell and they cannot be rescued from it. You can. You can be saved. That is why Jesus came. That is why he was given the name Jesus, because he came to save his people from their sins. What does Jesus want to do with you? He wants everything to do with you. He does not want you to be chained forever, to be a slave to your sin. He wants to free you from the legion of problems and sins. That's why he was born. That's why he allowed himself to be betrayed, to be arrested, to be nailed to a cross, where he takes our legion of sins and makes them his own. Where he takes the death that we deserve and he dies in our place. And after his death, he is placed in a tomb among other tombs. But Jesus is no ordinary man. He is the God-man, the Son of the Most High God, the perfect sacrifice for you and for me, the perfect atonement for our legion of sins. And he rose from the tomb on the third day because death has no hold on him. Satan may be the prince of this world, but Jesus is the Lord of the universe. And he has defeated Satan, sin, and death once and for all. All of your legions of sins, the death that you deserve, he has conquered by his cross. And he will conquer them on the last day when he returns. Even if you never have any release from any of your problems while you're on this earth. 
The promise is that Jesus will make all things right and make all things new. And like the man freed from demons, Jesus does even more for you today. He clothes you. He clothes you in baptism. He covers you in his righteousness. He gives you his Holy Spirit to believe in him. He puts you in a right state of mind. He gives you forgiveness. He wipes your slate clean. He purifies you, cleanses you, makes all of your wrongs right. And he restores you as his dearly loved child. And what can you do? Just like the man who had been freed from his legion of demons, you can sit at his feet and you can worship him. That's it. The man then wants to follow Jesus. But Jesus had a more important task for him to go and spread the word concerning what he had done. Now remember, Jesus said that he had come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And here he is in Gentile territory. And he's going to use this man to spread news about him rather than him going into the land that he was not ready yet to go into. Plus on top of that, we know that the people there are afraid of him. Maybe they were afraid of losing more business since he had already sent a whole herd of pigs off the cliff into the water. And I don't know about you or if you know anything about the price of pork belly, but I mean, it's worth a pretty penny. Or the people were just afraid of what he could do to them because of the divine power that was displayed. So instead, Jesus tells this man to be his voice in the land. And because his testimony, being full of potentially thousands of demons to being possessed no more, could have a truly great impact on the lives of others. Pointing people to Christ with his story. And that's one final word for us today. Jesus wants you to be his voice in the world. To tell others all that he has done for you. Pointing people to Christ with your story. To tell of his life, his birth, his death, and his resurrection. To set free those who are trapped in their sin, who are bound up in the ways of this world, who are prisoners to their own evil choices. He came to heal you, free you, restore you, clothe you, and send you. Your life matters to God, and God can use you. And your story of how he has saved you to make an impact in the lives of others. Your sin is not too great. You are worth saving. And that is exactly what Jesus did as his name proclaims. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. 
Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.